You're listening to a DM podcast. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders both past and present. is the Dude Cinema Podcast. But I was just like scrolling through it like nerds, nerds, nerds. Like I don't care. <laughs> Movie shaming needs to stop. Obviously a dude wrote this script. These teeth aren't friends and I'm like, I'm about it. I honestly think that this movie should just be called Red Flags. <laughs> Let me miles tell you. Fuck you, Stanley Kubrick. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. My name is Alex J, and with me is my gorgeous, ethereal co-host, Beck Charles. Oh my god. Sorry, newly gamer girl co-host, Beck yes. Charles. That's right, I game now, everyone. Yeah. I'm on I'm I'm um I don't I was about to try and use gamer lingo and I don't know <laughs> yeah. any. Early well, days, early days. You're new to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're more Twitch than human now, right? <laughs> yes. Is yes, that and that's because I get physical ticks. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, right. That explains a lot. <laughs> I've been Twitch streaming all my goddamn life. <laughs> and now I'm online. <laughs> um, but this oh, yes. is the podcast where we watch all the movies that dudes have told us we have to see. And this week, a dude told us to see something, and we said, we know better and god <laughs> what a mistake that was so this week we were joined by <laughs> that dude and a, a lynch expert comedian podcaster from the big squid it's justin hamilton so we did this via alex and i did this via text message mm-hmm. and um i was uh, i was trying it, it's hard because when you say what's a movie to watch and it's like you, you've watched so many now and mm. then you, and then I try to you know you've watched such a uh, wide range of films mm. and then I, I eclectic thought, some might call it mm, eclectic yes. eclectic <laughs> it's good yeah but um I suggested Lost Highway and then mm. you suggested Wild at Heart and mm. I think I may have just texted back sure because <laughs> I would not have suggested <laughs> This film to you. That's good to know, and you get lots of points for that one. Yes. Yes. I've got to be honest, uh, I don't suggest films to anyone anymore. <laughs> Since we started because this of podcast. our podcast. No, I, no, I've just gotten to a point now where, like, uh, the, uh, the Oppenheimer mm-hmm. uh, tickets have gone on sale, and I have bought them for me by myself <laughs> in the cinema because oh, I want to enjoy it. Alone. Yep, great. Mm, yeah. If you don't have someone who's like ready and rearing, just go by yourself. Mm, it's yeah. so much nicer. Yeah. On the other spectrum, I will be buying 10 tickets to the Barbie movie on premiere day and I will be like, everybody needs you have to have And we have to wear pink and you have to wear a yeah. wig and you have to have snacks and we have to drink wine. Yeah. That's who I'm going to become. Yeah. I've become the dude. Well, yeah. no, that's what Hamo yeah. says to everyone about Oppenheimer. We <laughs> have to wear pink. We have to <laughs> wear white. Yeah. No, we have to wear black and we have to be prepared to be terrified by a nuclear explosion. <laughs> I'll, you'll be able to see me at Barbie. I'll be the person up the back, all in black, having a good time. <laughs> I do love Greta Gerwig, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's going to. I've never been more excited for a movie in my life. Mm, mm. But look, I have to apologize because I was the one that chose Wild at Heart. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is the backstory is yeah. look, we've had a couple of movies recently that have been very hard to watch. And they've been. <laughs> Could you share them with me? Uh, Dead Man's Shoes. Have you seen. Dead Man's Shoes. No. Okay. 
okay. Okay, there's no need. There's no need to. It's a, It's one of the most disturbing films I've ever yep. seen. Mm. Um, trauma for the eyes, mm. I would say. And <laughs> then we had Michael Clayton, which was fine, but it was long and boring mm. and dark. And oh, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know who who we had on for that for that episode, Hamo? Oh no. Fucking Yoni from Tripod. Oh right, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, Michael Clayton's a masterpiece. Okay, well, uh, kind of. Anyway, so <laughs> and you then didn't we enjoy the Tilda Swinton performance. Uh, of oh, course, I did, enjoyed the yes. Tilda Swinton performance. I'm not a monster. Wow. Look. Anyway, and then just we had a lot of brown color palettes. Is what? Yes, we've been dealing with. Well, yeah. it's it's, a, it's it's a it's a throwback to seventies uh, kind of that genre of film. You know, it's uh, anyway, whatever. Yes, Very brown. Yes. Yes. Look, it was <laughs> dark. Oh, I think it, it was boring. Well, it was also really boring. And it was difficult to find. Look for me anyway. It was difficult to find on streaming services. Okay. And mm. Uh, mm. another one we watched was like Fast X, which was great fun, but very crazy, loud, and action and see. Duty I and just could not. Be asked watching any of those films, and I know Look, that there's those the fans out there. Mm. Go for gold; it's yours. Mm. But when I had someone try to suggest that we should watch all the fast movies on uh, the Big Squid podcast, and I was just like, you know, all of them. Yeah, I think you have to watch multiple of them to understand and enjoy them. Yeah, but, but all of, but now all? there is getting to be a lot. Not all of them. I think maybe three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> but so I was like, you know what? I'm sick of doing all these mass films, Lost Highway, the poster was dark and it just had like white mm. writing. I was like, this feels really, look, I don't like the vibe the poster is giving off. And then I looked over and I saw the Wild at Heart poster and there was pink on it. And, and there was Laura, Cage. Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. And, and then National we checked Treasure. our list and a few people have actually requested Wild at Heart. Okay. Well. Yes. Oh, yeah, you did yeah, say yeah, that yeah. to yeah. me. Yes. Yeah. So then we were like, whoa. Yeah, there was the National Treasure and a National Treasure on the poster. And I was like, this looks <laughs> fun. This looks sexy. You know, this looks this looks like it could be a good time. And I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so sorry. I'm really yeah. sorry for how I behave. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sorry for my arrogance and ego and never again will I make that mistake because this movie was fucked. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, it got booed It got booed at Cannes. I and, uh, understand why. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just would not have gotten you to watch it. So like, sorry, I know you Justin. girls. I just, I like, to be honest, like, when you suggested it, I, I nearly sent back, you're going to you hate sure? it and you're yeah. not even going to want to understand it yep. <laughs> and so what are we going to talk about like at least with lost highway it felt like a uh you know there's something in it where there is a, a psychological moment that happens that would have been easy for you to discuss that okay. you could have at least uh, grappled onto that oh, but this no, film no is... it sounds so good we will have to get you back on to do lost well, highway no i'm not coming on for lost highway like, oh, well hang on how no. did you feel about mulholland drive because okay, that's the only well, other lynch film you've seen yes, yes. Right. So what we wanted to do in potentially instead of just discussing this film at length is bring you on as our resident Lynch expert, sure. as we said in the Goldcast last yeah. week. Out of the three of us, if someone is a Lynch expert, it's you. Hannah. Okay, yeah. uh, by default. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we did do all the Lynch films on uh, Big Squid. Ben oh. Elwood and I did did all of them from Whoa. Eraserhead through to Inland Empire. And how did you oh, feel really? mentally after that? Because well, so they're ben dense. He's a dense filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Ben and I like. What do you What do you watch films for? 
bright colours and right. a good time. Right. Okay. Mm. And by the way, there's no right or wrong answer for this. Mm-hmm. I like to watch films to feel something and I like to explore, uh, you know, sometimes I just like some – if I watch Flying High, I'm just watching it for a good time. Yeah. Right? But I watch films for a large amount of reasons and sometimes I like to use a film to connect with the different parts of – life and the emotions that you feel and be able to experience them in a safe place, which is in the confines of a film and you can experience it and, and then you like, can then you can go. Yeah. And then you can <laughs> leave it the, behind. You know? Yeah. Like it's uh, it's the old thing of, you know, you should fuck your demons. Like don't don't run away oh from goodness. them. I've never heard that. Yeah. Like, like you should you should confront them and, and make love to them and, and hold on to them and oh have a good time. Let them ride you. You ro- slap them about, you know, oh. that kind of thing. Because but do you know what I mean? Because it's then you're grappling with it and mm. you're mm. and you're experiencing it and you and you're in the end, you're kind of expunging it from your system, you sure. know. But yeah. if you can constantly keep running away and keep putting them in a box, then one day you're in a supermarket buying gum and you have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a theory. That's just kind of my approach to these things. And uh, I think the thing about David Lynch is that his films have texture and he explores lots of themes from, like, this is, in some ways, this is an incredibly dark film, but it's also, I think it's also a a very sweet and optimistic film when it comes to its central characters. Yeah, yeah, I was not expecting this to end how it ended. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, it's it's kind of got that Wizard of Oz vibe all the way through it as well. And uh, I also think he's got a pretty offbeat sense of humor but look I'll, I'll say to you there are david lynch movies that i did not like that in retrospect i realized i didn't get okay does that so yes. so mm. when um i feel like that's going to be my entire experience with david lynch like yeah. maybe like you know deathbed you'll be like <gasps> yeah. <I understand>. oh. <laughs> that's what he was trying to say right but you know like mulholland drive is uh, yeah we is, had a really hard time with that Oh, it, not in that it was distressing or disturbing yeah. or anything. I just, I, f- I just find it hard to. My brain just doesn't work with absurdity or yeah. what's the other word that's like absurdity? Surreal. Surrealism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. surrealism. Yeah. Just dream sequences well, I, mashed into I, nonlinear t- timelines. Yeah, my brain just doesn't enjoy that. Well, I think the like you know yeah absolutely. If you, if your brain's not wired for that, yeah. I completely understand, and that's. Uh, that's why I would just never suggest these movies to <laughs> people and, you know. But um, but I think you shouldn't try to if, – if you're trying to analyse them, that's – I don't try to analyse them. I try to feel them. Mm-hmm. And I try to feel what's happening and then through what I've experienced, then I have my version of uh, what they're trying to get across because it is that dreamlike – Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, substance. And, you know, Mulholland Drive is a, a very, um, you know, it's kind of this sad story about a woman's dreams not being fulfilled, you know. And right, yeah. uh, and and this is, you know, it's a nightmarish road trip through the awfulness of the world and two people who genuinely love each other just trying to find a place where they can be safe, mm. you know. And it's... Yeah. Uh, and. So, you know, yeah, but there's there's extreme moments of violence. But then but then I also, like, <laughs> you know when they're dancing at the club and, okay. and that guy gets, bangs into her and it looks like there's going to be a fight mm. 
and she's just like, no, he's all right, he's fine. And then Nicolas Cage launches into, like, you've just gone from this heavy metal and he then launches into an Elvis Presley impersonation. Yes. And there's piped-in screams. Like, that's... like the if screams you screams fucked with me so hard. They made no sense. <laughs> but, but then, see, like, I... To me, that's just funny. Mm. Yeah. Like, it, you don't have to make it out. Like, mm. it's not like... Like, if you're sitting there going, as if that heavy metal band would suddenly be playing Elvis then a light would go on and everyone would be into it. Well, yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, of course that wouldn't happen. That's what but, my brain does. That's yeah. why I struggle with these. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when he just launches into Elvis Presley and the lights are on him and, and everyone's into it and just and he, and he she's just totally in ecstasy with him, it's like, yeah, cool. Like, that's that's, that's their love. That's how they feel about each other. They yeah. feel safe about around each other. Is the other they're both on MDMA the whole time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just like the touch of a cheek and they're on the precipice of fully coming. Well, it's also... <laughs> she is constantly on the precipice of coming. <laughs> well, it's also... What the, <laughs> She's so horny. <laughs> all the time. But also think about the context of when this film came out. Like, it's pretty uh, progressive to have a woman just be... Sexy and be in control of it, and and not be ashamed. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think she's in control for a second in this movie. I think she is the victim the entire way through. I think she's being victimized, and she's trying to find a place with Sailor where she mm. can be. Because when she's with Sailor, she's fine. Yeah, you know, like because they get each other, and then they have respect for each other, and they do love each other, and they've got you know he's he's got his issues of the trauma that he's experienced in his life. She's got the trauma that she's experienced. And it's two people who have a PTSD to their life experience Mm. trying to find a way to stick together in Mm. this nightmarish world. I think the the key scene to the film is when he's in the back of the car and she's driving along. And, Mm. you know, she's trying to hear a song. She's going through the radio station. It's just Awful story after awful Mm. story after awful story. And then she just pulls over and that's when her PTSD comes out. Mm. And she is traumatised by all of this. And then he's like, oh, what are we going to do? And, you know, hilariously just finds the perfect song Mm. that they can just get out and dance and express themselves and just get this shit out of their system. And then the music segues into that beautiful, uh, is it Ravanoff uh, score? And and the as camera pans up. <laughs> and, um, I don't know who and, you were checking with. And you're yeah. looking. <laughs> <laughs> so the camera pans up and this is, you know, Lynch is obsessed with the 50s and the idea of, America looking back on it and thinking it was perfect and looking at the underbelly of oh, that, that era. Does make sense. So the the camera pans up and it's that beautiful look at the western landscape mm. and the beautiful sunset and there is and it, it goes from this is awful but these two can find an amount of beauty in the world that mm. does exist mm. and and they can find it but maybe maybe they're not going to find it. Yes. Like there's a lot against them. Mm. And uh Anyway, that's how I see it. Okay. Yeah, I and like that's, that. And I think the ending's, you know, like it's not even my favourite Lynch film, but I think the ending is, uh, you know, I, I just think <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage is really funny. I think she's really funny. And I, th- and I think the uh, – but, you know, I'm, I'm 
there's scenes that I'm dying for you to tell me that you hated because I have a little mental checklist in my head that I'm waiting for because yep. as soon as we yep. decided we were going to do it, I was like, oh, man, they are going to hate this, they are going to hate this, they are going to hate this. I was just like, I, 20 minutes in, I was like, I can't believe that we're going to watch a porno with Uncle Justin. <laughs> I can't believe we're going to have to discuss this hour, two-hour-long porno. <laughs> This is fucked vile anyway. Violet, Again, I'm so Violet sorry for what I've done film here. Porno. This, this really hell. bothers me. The, like, what other pornos are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I would not consider this pornographic at all. But uh, anyway. All right, let's jump in. Can I talk to Lula? You are not going to see him ever. Fuck you. I'd go the far end of the world for you, baby. A man can't ask for more than that. You move me, Sam. You really do. You want me to shoot Sailor in the brains with a gun? Uh-oh. Uh, now, I just need to say mm. there's not one part of me that's going to try to convince you to like this film or, or anything. <laughs> My goal here is to just... Try and help you feel slightly less traumatized. <laughs> okay, Thank fantastic. You. That's it. That's Great. it. We love that. We love that. Okay. <laughs> this is a synopsis from letterbox.com. It is one sentence long. Okay. A wild and crazy love story. That's the tagline. Young lovers, Sailor and Lula, run from a variety of weirdos that Lula's mum has hired to kill Sailor. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> kind of. Like it. Yeah. Feels almost. like they make much effort there, have they? Yeah, it seems like they really aren't. They, they think Sail- they haven't been paying attention to Sailor's story at all, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah and the trauma he has of seeing his dad burned to death. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Lots of people well, burn into death in this. Mm, yeah, over and over again. Mm. But Justin, that's a terrible synopsis of this movie. How would you? Sum up the plot of this movie for people in a couple of sentences. Oh, goodness gracious. You put me on the mm. spot. So I would say it's about two traumatised people who love each other very much, who are desperately trying to find a place where they can safely be in love and their past is doing its best to make sure that this cannot happen. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. I like that. So... um. What's your history with Lynch as a whole? We were talking before we jumped on Mike, and you are a Twin Peaks fan. Oh yeah, that? so uh, when I was in high school, uh, the Twin Peaks pilot was released in Europe with a with a tacked on ending. So oh. it was like a movie. And was this and, like highly anticipated that there was a Twin Peaks pilot? Because like it wasn't. So I don't like. I feel like uh, my high school mate. I think it was my mate uh, Maddie Paxton and I had maybe read about it or something okay. like that, and then we saw it at the video store. At the video store, <laughs> and we yeah. borrowed. We it. remember video stores, yeah. don't you, Warren? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was just. Um, I remember three night rentals. Remember the three right. night ones? Oh, that was so yeah. exciting. Yes. It was like kind of new, but you could sit on them for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Gave you a bit of breathing space. Mm. Or if you liked it, you got to watch it a couple of times exactly. before you took it back. And uh, so we got, uh, so we borrowed the movie and we really enjoyed it. And then the series came out and it was, it's ground zero for a lot of TV shows that came afterwards. It, it, was, it honestly was unlike anything that was on TV mm. in that it was a soap opera with this 
murder with this weird sense of humour and there was something uh, extra going on. Like, there was always that sense of something else. Like something sinister Something kind sinister, of. yeah. And Which is a Lynch thing, right? It There's is a bit of a Lynch thing. Something is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something is awry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's killing it with the coffee lately. <laughs> but um, uh, so uh, so I love the series, uh, and I thought the first se- series was great. Little thing uh, that you might not know is he never wanted to solve the murder. He wanted the murder of Laura Palmer to be the mm. story, the mystery that all the stories hung off. But ABC needed force them to solve the murder. So they solved the murder early in the second season. Yeah. And Lynch lost a little bit of interest at that point, goes off, makes Wilder Heart. I feel like that's a pretty huge compromise to make for him. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then he goes off, makes Wilder Heart. Twin Peaks loses its way halfway through the second season. He comes back, helps finish it off, and it finished on this cliffhanger that was not resolved for 25 years. And uh, But it it had all these things like it had, you know, it had the – the uh, FBI agent and Dale Cooper going to this small town. So you have all that kind of fish out of water storylines. But then there's these dream sequences where he goes to this place called the Red Room where Laura Palmer exists and there's the there's the small man and they speak. Uh, all the That's audience. the stuff I've heard about Twin Peaks. It must be the dream sequence. Yeah. The weird With the all um, black shit. and white floor and the yeah. – That's and okay. Have you been to Jacoby Sticky Bar in – and more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, yeah, it's Twin Peaks theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is, yeah. And so they'd, uh, they'd record all the dialogue backwards and then play, uh, then mime to it, played forward. So that's why, you know, oh, you hear – And it's all non sequiturs and sometimes my arm full back. And it was really – but it, it kind of does get into your subconscious and it's quite full on. Anyway, uh, then – they brought out a movie after the series finished called uh, Fire Walk With Me. And I and so when I saw that film, I wanted to know what happened at the end of season two because mm, of this mm. cliffhanger. And it wasn't. It was a prequel. Oh, and I hated it. God, I bummer. really yeah. hated it. Yeah. And over time, I have gone back to watch it and I've realised that I was watching it incorrectly and he was actually way ahead of the curve in what he was doing. And people hated this film as well. Tarantino said that Lynch was so far up his own ass he would never watch one of his movies again. But he was actually incredibly progressive. That's rich coming from Quentin. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Pot kettle sauce. Oh, yeah. Like t- Tarantino who said he had to watch Dunkirk three times to understand it. It's like, mate, you oh know when I understood God. it? Like while I was watching it the first time. Yeah, the so trailer, anyway, babe. Mate, it's really easy to work out. Catch it even, up, Quentin. even explains it at the start. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so, but that movie is the the dead woman trope, it, which is such a overused, boring trope in so much. He was actually going back, and he was fleshing out the character of Laura Palmer. He was turning oh, her so from an icon. He was explaining who she woman. was, what she was dealing with, and he fleshed her out as a character. And it's actually, actually, you know what. I love that concept. Could you imagine if they did a prequel to, say, a John Wick, where we actually get to oh meet his God. wife oh, and learn about dog. her and the dog? Oh, yeah. You well, know, I'd like, that would be a really... the dog as well. Yeah, that would be a really <laughs> cool thing to be like, yeah, I'm fleshing out the dead yeah. wife trope character. But, but of and, course, you know, like, it's a, it's a Lynch film, so nothing is... Spelled out for you, yeah. <laughs> so you you have to kind of watch it and and right. and, and interpret it. Mm. You know, it was like when Twin Peaks: The Return came back, four episodes in, I was like, "Yes, this is the best." And then about episode six, I was like, "Is this 
is this good? Oh. I don't know. And then episode eight happened. And as I watched it, I was like, oh, I've been watching this incorrectly. This is not a, a TV show about nostalgia. This is actually exploding nostalgia and progressing the story. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was watching it like this and then I expanded the way I watched it. And then I thought it was a, a masterpiece. Oh, wow. But similar to Fast and the Furious. If you watch similar. it individually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you won't understand yeah. the Fast law, the Fast universe, yeah. and the yeah. Furious universe as well on top of that. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as you get back. As as oh, well, maybe back, I should yeah. watch it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they go to space in a car, Justin. I don't know if yeah. you're aware of that. It's pretty progressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I did read that Christopher Nolan uh, declared that Tokyo Drift is the best one in the series and he thinks it's a masterpiece. And everyone yes, went. I agree with that. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, You've watched it? <laughs> but also that the third one, which everyone seems to be dismissive of mm. in the greater context of those. Anyway, whatever. So um, They're all a blur to me. Yes, <laughs> yes I'm sure they are. Because they're going fast, Alex. Yeah. Exactly. Good. <laughs> if only they felt like that when we were watching it, right? Yeah, true. From some of them. Anyway. But anyway, so I think uh, I, I completely understand that Lynch isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think Lynch goes into areas that do make you feel weird and do make you feel a bit grubby like I think that is the intent of those films uh, I think uh, I actually think he's incredibly progressive especially towards female characters even if they do get put through the ringer uh, I think he's exploring interesting things and I look I, I don't think someone like Laura Dern's going to keep going and making movies with him like Inland Empire it, once again Please don't watch it, oh, but I think it's is it another fantastic. Lynch film? Yeah, oh. but it's a uh, harrowing. Well, it's just if if you're not into these types of films, yeah. you're just like, what are you going to do? Like it's yeah. it, it's it's not right or wrong. You just not they're not it. films for you. Mm. You know, that's the whole ethos of this podcast. Yeah, right? everyone yeah. just likes what they like. We yeah, absolutely. all have to like the same thing. Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> So where does this film sit in, like, the catalogue of Lynch films? And you mentioned before that it was dissed at Cannes. Oh, yeah, it was booed at Cannes. People were furious about it. Yeah, like, is it, like, revered? Has it it had, like, a secondary cult following or anything like that? No, I feel like this one is a little bit like – I don't think it has. Mm. Uh, But I'm not – to be honest, I I try not to – Deal with fandom. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It, it's so funny because when I was a kid, fandom was how you found your people. Mm. And then with the advent of the internet, some of the people that were fans of the stuff that you were fans of, you were like, I don't Yeah. I love Christopher Nolan. I'm not going to hang out with Christopher Nolan fans. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going <laughs> to just enjoy him on my own terms. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, Fucking love David Bowie, but I'm not going to hang out with a whole lot of David Bowie fans. It's like Sounds you know, exhausting. I'm just going to enjoy it on on my own. Yeah. And if people want to discuss it, I'm happy to discuss it and whatever. So uh, my favorite David Lynch film is mm. Lost Highway, and that is people don't like Lost Highway. I don't know if you would have liked that either, but I just felt like there was something in that that you would have been mm. more interested in discussing. Mm. Yeah, and there wasn't just fuck tons of sexual assault. After sexual assault. The, sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, trigger yeah, yeah. warning in this one, by the way, yeah. is so much sexual assault. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So there was less of that in Lost Highway? 
Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. They're, uh, Is there zero? Well, no, it's, it's more like a – so it came out in the 90s. And mm. it feels like it's uh, – I always thought it was ahead of the curve in that it felt like a 21st century horror noir. Mm-hmm. So Patricia Arquette plays oh, two, yes. two kind of different women who might be related. Oh. And one of them, you know, has one storyline, but the other one is very much a, a, a femme fatale, like in control of the mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a thing called a uh, psychogenic fugu sense to it, which is if what you watch it. What the heck is a psychogenic fugu? This is why I thought That's we could have discussed Lost Highway because I thought you. Would I'm be... happy to discuss Lost Highway more than the movie yes. that we watched. <laughs> so, so in the film, it's uh, Bill Pullman plays oh, yeah. in Lost Highway plays a musician who starts getting. Uh, Someone's been coming in. He's married to Patricia Arquette. Someone's been coming in and filming them at night. And then uh, something happens where there's a murder and he's. it looks like he's committed the murder. And then he goes to jail. I'm just going to tell you this. Mm. Cause it, uh, and he goes to jail and then something happens and then they look in the jail cell and it's a completely different person. And then you follow that person who is uh, Balthazar Getty, who has a completely different life. But there are people who were Patricia Arquette in the earlier story, who is now in this story. And uh, and, uh, and this psychogenic fugu is a disassociative thing that people sometimes go through when they experience great trauma and they become somebody else. But in this Lynch film, it becomes an actual movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it becomes a whole new, like rather than it becomes a whole new storyline, but they intertwine and it's, uh, so maybe. Then they do that in Mulholland Drive where all of a sudden it's a different person. Yeah. What what the heck? Yeah. So it's, and it's, it's, it's how you deal with trauma. Like, like, you know, not by choice, but you kind of Mm. flip out and become something else. And, uh. Well, it's just a regular Fugu. I don't know. Oh, is delicious. that like, I've only ever seen <laughs> it does that sound delicious. D- d- written down. Put, put it in with cheese. Fugu, Fugu state. Yeah, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know that word now. So, um, so because he does kind of deal on the emotional level, like like I know, I know you hated Wild at Heart, but I would also say the reaction you had to it was correct. Mm-hmm. And yes. you, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Finally. But, but I don't like. I don't mean that in a patronising way. Mm. Like, if you find, like, you know, Willem Dafoe, if you find oh my God, him, the teeth. Oh, the teeth is. Oh, oh my God! Look they at the made hairs him... on my arm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I've seen this movie heaps, and it still He's grosses the most me out. Disturbing, upsetting character I've seen in quite some time. They made yes. the teeth grosser yes. than they usually like. Because yeah. I've said before what's well, tiny uh, teeth and I mean it, yes the tiny teeth. teeth well in the intro of this podcast I have his teeth aren't friends and I'm about it that's, right. that's about <laughs> Willem Dafoe but in this one I'm like we might have to edit that out I'm forever scarred by he didn't brush him and they made him smaller tiny, somehow tiny. they just extended Dubby. his gum down and Ooh. but it, it is it's uh it, everything that makes you feel gross like mm-hmm. the you're meant to feel gross and you're meant to find that world nightmarish and you're meant to, yeah. you know, not not find any of it appealing. Mm. But but then within that, you can either like the film or not like the film. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so if you don't like it, but for those reasons, 
I kind of like it for the same reasons, but I completely understand where you just go, nah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Can I be real? I didn't hate it. Uh, I agree. I was fascinated by it yeah. way more than I was. Mar- Marlon Drive made me want to throw my hands up and be like, you just wasted my the fucking time. This is. Yeah. Oh, really? Whereas, yeah. 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 You know, that's funny. That's like the most mainstream hit that. Yeah, that's why we did it. That's people. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to do a Lynch, and people were like, yeah, "That's the best that's one to start. jump in with." Yeah, yeah, right. No, yeah. I would have probably started you with something like Lost like, Highway. <laughs> no, no, I actually probably would have suggested, like maybe even the Elephant Man, like which is a oh, little I've bit. Oh, I've seen more, the Elephant Man. Yeah, that's David Lynch. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Or Blue Velvet. I probably would have started you with Blue Velvet as. Uh, is the, that the horse one? No. No, that's National Velvet. National Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor? <laughs> no, that's um, uh, it's once again set in a small – so this uh, Blue Velvet was before uh, Twin Peaks and uh-huh. it's Carl McLaughlin. He's a young man. Love and Carl he, it's, And it's very young Carl McLaughlin. And he uh, goes home to his, you know, beautiful – like the opening scene mm. is a beautiful, idyllic home with – picket fences and beautiful music playing and there's a bird and and then the camera pans down and goes into the grass and into the dirt and there's a severed ear and it kind of gives you an idea of, oh, this is what we're about to experience. And then uh, young Laura Dern as well. Love. So, so young and beautiful. And, mm. and then it's got a truly disturbing performance by Dennis Hopper. And Isabella Rossellini plays the femme fatale. Hmm. And uh, once again, I think there are a lot of the things that Lynch is interested in exploring that you would find disturbing. But I think that is the movie that if you'd kind of watched that first, I think it would have helped the theme sit in the back of your head when you're watching. Mm. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have gone the whole drive first. Yeah. Like it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. But you were saying, so you're, you didn't hate it. No. I agree. Yeah. I found this quite, Easy to watch because I didn't feel excluded, which I normally, like with the Mulholland or really anything like I was saying, surrealism, I always feel excluded from those films because my brain's just not, it doesn't enjoy it, so I don't put the effort in to understand it. And this, like there's some weird moments, but this is not a surreal film. Like this is, it's a linear storyline and things all like a set pretty much in reality. And so for that, I I quite enjoyed it. I was following it. I got it. I thought the performances were really good and really interesting. How'd you feel about the overbearing mum? She was oh great. My, she was yeah. funny. Like, how'd you feel about the, the, <laughs> the lipstick, lipstick on the face? The face was yes. so interesting. So funny, right? <laughs> and I have to give her props for getting that off in yes. one night time. Like she's 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 a dinner the next night, yeah. clean as a whistle. Yeah. It took I know me weeks to get rid of. Redness, because also if you put red lipstick on anything, it stay, stains. Like it stains. Yeah, yeah. So I've got to so, give her props for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, does Lynch have a thing for l- lipstick? Oh. Something I've noticed now from yeah. Mahal Drive and this, he loves a red lip. Interesting, yeah. 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 The fact that Laura Dern is wearing a red lip at 7am in the morning yeah. is, is, was deeply upsetting to me, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Up there, there's a lot of disturbing things. That to me, I was like, at 7am, babe, oh my God. chill for a little chill. bit. You're going to be making out yeah. Yeah. in Give three seconds. Give yourself a couple of hours yeah. just to relax. Yeah. <laughs> But in like so, and her lipstick was like quite messily drawn on. It was she over yeah. she overdrew it. Yes, and then but in Mulholland Drive, there's a lot of attention paid to 
the dark head woman's lips and how yep. perfect her lipstick is and everything yep. and applying lipstick and then the lipstick on the face in this one. I yeah. was like, I think the man's got a kink. I reckon Lynch loves a little bit of lippy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, dirty I think dog. I think it's just more s- symbology of, you know, like of that era towel. and the, yeah, and it's... Um, like maybe it's a kink. Like maybe it's like Tarantino's feet. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just know. loves just loves to get a lipstick in there. He's the Revlon daddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, uh, I I think um, you know, you, this might you you might think I'm being sarcastic with this, but I, I, when I watch Lynch films, I I think he genuinely likes women. And we, I, I, and I think disagree he puts some, with you so hard. I, no, I, and I, I, hey, guys, I, that's okay. We're allowed to have different opinions. Yeah, but I think he does because I think he he puts them through the ringer. Mm. But I think he has a lot of affection for these women and he, he gives them such interesting uh, levels of complexity that they have to overcome. But it's the thing is, is that they never say – this is what I'm thinking and this is how I feel and this is what I'm trying to overcome. And it's, it's like a, like Inland Empire is, a, you know, a, a, an incredible performance by Laura Dern and, and, you know, what she's going through and all the different levels of the things that she has to deal with. And I think it's telling that all these women come back to work for him. Like they all come back, you know, and there's like Laura Dern's a strong woman. Like mm. smart woman, and she's been with him from Blue Velvet to Inland Empire. You know, mm. it's yeah. Uh, well, there's a job though. Like it's very. He's a renowned director, and obviously uh, it would pay very well. But this this is the thing where it's like on paper, yes, yeah, he does write very interesting characters. Great. The thing to me that stands out that especially in this movie, particularly in this movie, well, also in um, Mulholland Drive, is the amount of nudity and not unnecessary nudity for women mm. i don't think i i can't remember seeing a shirtless man right except for nicholas cage in the sex scenes but sure. other than that she's barely wearing any clothes there's so many shower scenes and topless scenes and just over the the excessive nudity to me does feel exploitive well okay. exploitive or, yeah yeah and what's what's the other word um do yeah you, do you think that's maybe through the prism of now no, I think it genuinely, it's a lot for the time. Like, it's mm. like the number of times that Laura Dern was shirtless in a scene where she really, it wasn't important to the plot in any way. It just felt like. She was near shirtless. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, invariably she was shirtless because she's around Sailor and she feels comfortable. Well, also, I mean, in the assault scene from when she was a yeah the child. A, a yeah. Girl. Well, that's an assault was, scene. Yeah, yeah. But which is what women go through, which is what he's. Showing, yeah, 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 and absolutely. Like, I think that's you know adds to her interesting story. But to me, I was kind of like, it didn't. The nudity was excessive to a point that oh, it yeah. didn't feel empowering. It mm. felt like he wanted to see tits, and he knows that the audience wants to see tits, like and almost fetishized. Yeah, and the fact that Laura Dern broke her no nudity clause for this movie, and then it was like I'm going to say a third of it. Yeah, her tits were out. Yeah. To me, but doesn't like, that tell you that Laura Dern saw something in the script that was potentially that was important as, to the storyline? I line? guess what we do for the pod is like kind of watch movies and take it like as a woman, is this a good, enjoyable yeah, movie? Yeah, for to sure. Watch? Yeah, no, no, no. And my question is, do we know any women who love this movie? Because it was <laughs> disturbing. Mm. And like, 
to me, because I haven't seen a lot of Lynch, so I can't really speak on how he treats women in other movies, but in this one it felt like the sexual assault of Laura Dern's character felt, it was so much to the point that it felt fetishized. Okay. Mm. And like you said, he does put them through the ringer and stuff. I just don't know. Like it very much felt like a dude writing a woman who has been assaulted, which is exactly what it is. Mm. This one in particular, to me, what it tells me is it's not very pro-women, is that I think a woman's experience watching this film would be vastly universally different. different. The yeah. level of discomfort for a woman watching, yeah. watching this mm. would be so much higher than mm. a man's. Like I think that if you were forced to watch this on a date – you could leave like very traumatized mm. and very like not wanting to see that person ever again yeah. because yeah this is a movie that you watch with someone that you trust and yes. you know their history with these kind of issues yeah definitely yeah who think- is suggesting to watch this movie on a date hey well <laughs> this is why we do this because yeah. it's happened <laughs> because that's why it's really? recommended that's why it's on our list because someone went on a date with a dude and he said what about Jesus Christ yeah. wow yeah that you is, love uh... Laura Dern and Jurassic Park yeah. how about this <laughs> you love Nicolas Cage and face off <laughs> yeah wow well um, that think... is definitely a good sign to not date that guy yeah. <laughs> yes yeah hugely. I think I guess a way I can kind of summarise why I felt uncomfortable with the way the sexual assault was portrayed in this film is it very much felt like it was from a male gaze. Mm. Like she's always sexy, she's always made up, except for when, obviously, when she was a child. But she's always sexy, she's always made up. I don't know, I felt like her character was very much from a male gaze as well. Like there's a whole scene where she's obsessed with Nicolas Cage's penis. I'm like, that's very much, I feel like a dude yeah. right that scene. <laughs> it speaks to me when it's in Side me, I'm like, I don't think a woman's ever said that. To yeah. me. Um, but you know, just little things like that, and yeah. like, yeah, the sexual assault aspect of it. I think if that was fucking toned down or even deleted, I, I understand that that her character would be completely different if that wasn't part of the story. But like everything else, I really enjoyed, and it was just those elements of it. There was just so much. It was so frequent. She was put through. So much, but in a really, I th- it, to me, it felt almost fetishized. Mm. And that's just me watching it as a woman with my life experiences. This is how I'm taking these scenes. Yeah, and cool. it's meant to be different for everyone, yeah. of course. But yeah, there was definitely, it just felt the whole thing, her entire character felt very male gazy. Mm. Yeah. Particularly as well, the um, Willem Dafoe scene, mm. which. I skipped awful. through that. I actually I could not watch I, yeah, that by that stage. I really struggled with that because to me she is When painted. he started telling her, her to say that thing to him, yeah. I, I had to skip through it. I'm like, this is too much. Ugh. And to me the weird – her character's reaction to it mm. was b- bizarre to me. To, and I know a lot of the movie is like there's parts of it that are surreal. Yeah. But this to me was – I did not understand her – motive or intention because mm. it starts the scene of her being like get out I don't want you here I didn't yes and I then struggled it, with it as well yeah and then she goes the scene to me is so bizarre because it happens in a giant room and the characters it's so small in the middle and she goes to be like go away and she takes two steps away and then to me it is like it, it almost implies that she's unsure whether she wants to fuck him or not and that really fucking that bothered vibe. me yeah. that oh, really okay. pissed me off yeah i don't think it's that at all okay. no that's the vibe that i got because like he was so close to her 
and just like whispering at her. And she was leaning in in the scene as well, which really yeah. bothered me. Doing that same face that she's had to do a million times in it, mm. where she just looks like she's about to come. <laughs> and I hate it. I hate it yeah. so much. <laughs> it really did bother me because she went from being very sure that she didn't want him near her yeah. to changing in an instant. And to me, that's how a lot of dudes rationalize. Mm. Sexual assault and being like, well, I wasn't sure, I wasn't reading the signs, and to see it played out on screen in a movie that's written by a man that <sighs> doesn't have any, um, what is it? Nuance, nuance, and like uh, gentleness. What is? I'm trying to think of the word of like sensitivity. Sensitivity, because yeah, showing no sensitivity towards this subject mm. to then put that in there. I was like, oh, I fucking this hate that. Not I hate that a lot. Me. Yeah. 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 It's a disturbing one. Mm. It's not comfortable. And the teeth. And the fucking teeth. Those so fucking gross. Teeth. So nasty. But then there are other points where she does like, she is a really powerful character. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I found that too. I found that like there were moments where I was just, yeah, it felt like she was just being fetishized. But then there's other moments where I was like, fuck yeah, Laura, get it. You mm. know, just yeah, fully in control. I can't believe you're only 20. That kind of stuff. Yes. It was interesting. Yeah. What do we think about Sailor as a character? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I genuinely said out loud, as soon as I heard Nick Cage doing a Southern accent, I was like, oh, my God, Southern Nick Cage is Elvis. And then it turns out he, he just was Elvis. Elvis. He was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was really funny. I liked him. Yeah, he was good in it. I really liked um, how much he loved his jacket. It's a snakeskin jacket. It's a symbol of his individuality, individuality. and individuality. personal belief and freedom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the jacket comes with a catchphrase was yeah. so yeah. funny to me. And that was Nick Cage's personal jacket. Personal jacket. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Of course it was Nicolas Cage's personal jacket. Yes. That's yes. So Nicolas Cage, not Nick Cage. Oh, Nicolas Nick Cage. Cage. He, he feels like a Nicolas Cage to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he gifted um, Laura Dern the jacket at the end of filming, which is kind of cute. Stop it. That is so cute. Okay, I love that. <laughs> Something else. I just if we uh, let's let's go through some uh, nice moments that we liked or yes. fun, not or just like favorite moments from the film before we wrap up. Can I nominate my favorite one? Yes, is at the beginning of the film when we see the confrontation between Sailor and the guy that was trying to kill him on the staircase. Yes, that, that big that big scene, and then Laura Dern screams so loud, being like, "Get off him!" It reminded me of the way that Kath Day Knight from Kath and Kim screams whenever <laughs> Kel's in a fight. It's just that overly melodramatic, like, and Laura Dern nailed that so hard. So big shout out to Laura. I think that's where she got it from. I think that's where Kath Day Knight got it from. Probably. <laughs> Possibly. Perfect age for it. Yeah, yeah. similar hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really, yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, and then everything the mum does, of course, um, I just absolutely loved. Oh, I loved Johnny, the the mum's kind of boyfriend guy who oh, was yeah. oh, boyfriend yeah. slash hitman slash hitman. Yeah, I liked him. He was, it was sad when he yeah yeah ends up being murdered. Does he blow his head off or something? Is that I finished it this morning and I can't really remember. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no, Bobby blows his own head yeah. off. This is not a morning film. Oh, my God. <laughs> there are um, definitely films that you should not watch. Yes. Like you should watch it through like I saw the Once the Sun doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well yeah, I saw Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, film Inherent Vice at a mm -hmm. at a screening and it was ten AM <gasps> and I just knew that I was 
10 hours too early for watching that film. <laughs> oh my God, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, oh, I should be weird, watching this man. film at night. It's like watching mm. comedy in daytime. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, um, Justin, what are your favourite points? From poignant moments. Uh, I, I do love the bit in the car when they pull over and, I and really, just dance. That just, yeah, that hit me like emotions. Yeah. I was like, I can feel how good that release feels right now for them. Um, I love the ending. I particularly... When yeah. he got out of the car, I was so angry. I, I was yeah. so upset. I was yeah. yelling at the TV, yeah. you get the back of the fucking car. Well, How dare it, you? It's Well, after he's... Surrounded by those guys, and they they he calls them the f word, and oh, they, yeah. they knock him out, and then the um, and but you know it's it's deliberately a moment of antagonism because he feels awful about himself, so he's obviously wanting to Wants be beaten to be up, hit. and then he gets visited by the good witch who uh, yes. who says he should go back, and it's the way he stands up with his nose broken, <laughs> and very nice, and I, uh, and uh, Lula, and yeah, he yeah. starts running back with the giant fake nose. By the way, so that funny. was one thing that. I was like, okay, I know that I like this movie because I'm forgiving the giant <laughs> yeah, fake but, nose. But you know, it's like it's deliberate. Yeah. Like it's funny. Yeah. You know, so then even the scene where he's yeah. singing Love Me Tender with a big broken nose and she's, you know. Coming, as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can I do the face that I think yes. Lynch does this? I mean, it happened in Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. but Laura Dern did it the whole way. This is every girl in the David Lynch film. It is. She's always looking. Her head's yeah, always a little bit right tilted up. <laughs> Just melting slowly yeah. into the side of whatever man <laughs> yeah. or object she's obsessed with. See, I find that funny. Like that's yeah. a deliberate funny thing and it's getting back to the 50s melodrama that Mel- he's. It's very melodramatic. Yeah, but yeah. but it's, mm. it's deliberate. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we have to be out of here in two minutes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Let's wrap up real quick. I've got some questions for you, Hammer. Would you recommend this movie on a date? No. 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 Not at all. Absolutely not. Okay, ratings. How many... (laughs) Little brown... Tiny teeth. (laughs) Great. Out of five do we give this film? Out of five? Out of five. Uh... It's, it, funnily enough, it's not one of my favourite Lynch films. I'd give it three. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was actually three as well. I genuinely yeah. was thinking three. I was yeah. like, yeah, if yeah. the essay stuff was like toned down or a bit changed, we could even be a four because it is a genuinely really interesting story. Like, not even to mention the weird shit like that guy that they met in the bar who was like squawking and talking high. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's the, there's the Cheryl and Fenn uh, car crash scene. Oh, the yeah. car crash scene. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. Anyway, we don't have time. Uh, great. Well, that was wild at heart, but also a general lynch chat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Justin Hamilton, sure. thank if, you so if much. I've, if I've taken the edge off the trauma in any way, actually, my yeah, job is done. Talking about it always helps. Now I kind of <laughs> want to watch Blue Velvet uh, or National Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> do, it, do them back to back. Double maybe, feature. Maybe National Velvet second yeah, to cleanse the palate. The yeah. palate with that. Um, where can people find you online? You're obviously the Big Squid podcast. Oh, yeah. Both Beck and I have been guests on. Yeah. Yeah. Come to the uh, Big Squid podcast. We're, we've got uh, two more Mission Impossible films before the next one comes Ooh. out. So that's been fun. Uh, we've also recently, we do a 
an Ausploitation segment where we go look at uh, old Australian cult films. Ooh, fun. And we just did, I don't know if you ever saw it or even heard of it, but from 1984, Razorback, which is... The one about the pig. The big pig. Yes, I know about the big pig. Ah. Yeah. So uh, my friend Garth and I, we do a segment called Pass the Ammo, and uh, <laughs> that is uh, the latest one. We look back at Razorback. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Justin. Apologies that we made you watch porn instead of your favourite film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Oh, All right. Bye. To our oh. dear listener, Alexia Justin, mm. a kumite to you. And a kumite to you and yours. Kumite. Yes. <laughs>